You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to the Not So Newlywed Podcast. I'm going to have your co-host, Candice. And as usual, <laughs> joined by London's father, uh, most notably my husband. Most notably. <laughs> like that's just what I'm known for. All right. It's the best thing you did. Yeah. Debatable. But you a hater. <laughs> Uh, what's up, y'all? Uh, Mike here again. Um, and as always, we have another good episode for you today with some great content. Um, we have a guest. Yes. We have a special guest. Uh, we have Randy from Simone Being Free. I was recently interviewing with her for her her lifestyle blog where she discusses her travels and life ventures and she highlights other black women um and also we've just been you know friends and following each other on twitter for at least a decade now Mm. and when i was on her when i was you know chatting with her she brought up how not seeing positive um pictures of romance growing up can have an effect on how you navigate love. So mm. it really put me deep in thought, you know, you know, after we spoke. And so she's here with us and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi everybody. As Candace said, I'm Randy, Randy Simone. Um yeah, I found uh Candace online through Twitter probably about a decade ago. So we've been keeping in touch, you know, back and forth on different platforms since then and yeah i'm doing this blog thing i'm very very new just launched the blog the first of the year i'm still building that up but yeah i'm really excited about today's conversation it's definitely a lot to unpack so i'm it's gonna get heavy <laughs> <laughs> it, it is when i was when i was really thinking about it and fleshing out the idea i was like damn like you gotta be really honest with yourself about what you've seen be- before you get to like a a relationship or a marriage. Everybody think you you get married or you end up in a long term relationship, and then that's just the thing. It's your happily ever after. But we are a lot more. We've experienced a lot more prior to getting to that point. You know, mm-hmm. it it takes a it's a hell of a journey to get to healthy love. And, and it doesn't have to be marriage. Cause I know some people in long-term relationships that are completely happy love the dynamic of what they have going on. So mm-hmm. it's not even just marriage, just getting to a point where you're in a healthy relationship. It made you think back about all of the unhealthy things that you may have seen or been through. And it's a lot. Yes. It's a lot, but I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent and, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat my experiences because then you guys wouldn't need to listen if I was just going to bullshit you and paint a pretty picture all the time. So that's where we're at. And so, so like our first topic, 
you know, I talked about like a life void of representation of healthy love. And that doesn't mean like that your parents necessarily had to be married, but did you see the people that influenced you the most in healthy relationships growing up? And if you didn't, you know, what kind of an impact did that have on you? Because I know people who successfully co-parent and they have a lot of love for each other, just didn't work out. But what their kids see is together or not, my mom and dad respect each other. They got love for each other. Um, They definitely love me and my siblings, if it's more than one, um, versus, you know, having to be picked up from your grandma's house because your mom and dad can't be in the same room without cussing each other out. Or your parents may have been married, but one parent was just unhappy or cheating or... They're always fighting, physical abuse, whatever the case may be. So, you know, for you, Randy, what like what did you see growing up? So my mom and my biological father were, you know, I was I was the planned baby. Like they had this whole plan. They were married, you know, moved, um, relocated from Mississippi to Missouri and, you know, had me. So my parents, while we they were together, you know, my life was great. I was spoiled, only child. Life was peachy as far as, you know, my eyes could see. My parents split when I was six years old. I didn't see my dad for a year. He popped up at my daycare on my seventh birthday, and I remember he brought me a Polly Pocket. I don't know if you remember, but I collected Polly Pockets when I was a little <laughs> kid. Like that was, I didn't want anything else, just a Polly Pocket. So I remember he popped up at my daycare on my seventh birthday, gave me a Polly Pocket. And that was the last time I saw him until I was 18. Um, wow. My mom and stepdad decided that we were going to go on a family vacation. So at the time I was living in Mississippi and I graduated and then I had a very close cousin who graduated a week later. So my parents decided, okay, we're going to go to Randy's graduation. Then we're going to take a family vacation to Texas. Then we're going to go back to Mississippi, go to the other graduation. Then we'll go back home to Missouri. So my biological dad, his high school sweetheart. So backstory real quick. My parents met when they were in college. But he ended after him and my mom split. He went back to his high school sweetheart. They were living in Texas, had two kids. So my mom was like, you know what? No, screw that. I know where he lives. We puffing, we popping up. So <laughs> we rolled up on we rolled up on him. And that was like I said, I saw him once out when I was 18. Um, you know. I went through the whole, I'm going to come see you. I'm going to come pick you up. Like, I was a real big B.B. King fan as a child. I know, completely weird. What child loves B.B. King? (laughs) But I was a really, (laughs) well, so B.B. King's hometown was actually my dad's hometown also. So that's how I even got introduced to him. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I was like, he was like, you know, yeah, B.B. King's in town this weekend. I'm going to come get you. And I was literally that kid that would be, you know, sitting outside waiting on him to pick me up. And my cousins and stuff would be like, you know, he ain't coming, right? He ain't coming. He ain't coming to get you. And, you know, that that messes with you. Um, So, yeah, I didn't have a relationship with my biological father at all. Um, My 
stepdad and my mom got together in 98. Um, okay. They've been, to, yeah, so that has been my dad since 98. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, when they first got together, you know how kids are sometimes, you know, the whole, you ain't my daddy, you can't tell me what to do, <laughs> go away. Like, I was I was a brat, you know, I gave him a really, really hard time, but he was like, you know, I'm just going to love you through this, and, you know, we made it. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, been my father figure um, over the course of the years. But, yeah, my relationship with my dad and also his relationship with, um, like I said, he had two more children with his high school sweetheart. Um, it's pretty much non-existent. We don't really have a relationship with him. Mm. It's mm. That's interesting. Like, for me, <clears throat> my my parents were never married. But over the course of the years, my mom never really had an interest in getting married. Um, and, it, like, at I had to sit down and really think about it. And as I was thinking about it, one thing that I got from my mom is I never saw my mom stay in a relationship just to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like my mother was one of those people, like when she was unhappy, you was gone. Mm -hmm. And that was just it. She didn't stay. I didn't have to deal with seeing different men in and out her life or seeing, you know, men abuse her or treat her any kind of way. Uh, When, um, like I said, when, she didn't want to be bothered anymore. It cut off, gone. And I took that from her. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's one of the positive things I took from her. Mm-hmm. I deal with very little BS from men. Now, I've been in some trash relationships. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't spend years in them, right? Mm-hmm. Once I figured out that this, that it wasn't going anywhere, I was gone. You know, if I didn't like the way I was being treated, talked to, you know, if I felt like it was lying, cheating, um, you know, any form of abuse starting, I was gone. Mm-hmm. I've I've never stayed around or stayed with somebody for the sake of saying, I got a man, I got to stick this out. We got to stick it out. I got to love them through it. So that's, that's the good thing that I really got from seeing my mom be single. She doesn't take shit from no man. <laughs> so I, I take that attitude as well. I don't take shit from men or people in general, truthfully, but specifically men. And and Michael... I'm attacked. Huh? I'm attacked. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm about to say, Michael tell you, like, when we <laughs> when we first got together, I was like, either we together or we're going to be cool and leave it where it's at. We're not going to do this weird back and forth thing. I want to fuck with you when I want to. But you just my home girl when I want you to. Either you like me enough to be with me, <clears throat> or you just want to be cool. And I'm I'm good either way we go. But you're not about to play with me, right? right. And so, and I still don't play with his ass now. He'll tell you <laughs> he's sitting up here looking crazy, but he know. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm gonna let you get your shit off. <laughs> like I I I I've, I didn't make him, but I told him that he didn't have a choice but to be the person that I wanted to be with, or I wasn't going to be with you. I wasn't going to be with you on any old terms. Like it had to be lucrative for both of us. We had to both be happy. And that's kind of where we sit at now. But Mike's experience is totally different. And sometimes I envy it because he has, he grew up with two, a two parent household, both parents working hard and, mm-hmm. you know, his parents been married 30 plus years and like, you know, they get on each other's nerves, but 
you know that they love each other. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, it's one of those things uh, where it's kind of hard to explain, but there's I, I think there's good and bad things about both situations. Like, yeah. Uh, I can't really speak too much for not having, you know, one parent, only having one parent around. Uh, but my parents actually met uh, when my mother was 13. So they actually been together since my mother was 13. Wow. Um, so that, I, and I think that in itself is um, a good and bad thing for them. Like they didn't really have a lot of experience in relationships and they kind of grew up together, yeah. which can be good. But I think they know each other a little too, like they just know each other a little too well from growing up with each other. And like they're stuck maybe in a certain way that they have a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to. Like experience, experience relationships. yeah, and kind of like see, hey, this, this, this is what works for me. This is what I want for me, and this is kind of what I, you know what I mean? Because I, I couldn't imagine me at thirteen only really having, you know, one real, real relationship, right? Like, couldn't imagine like I would have able to hold through your teens and twenties. No, not at all. I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> That sounds terrible. No, uh, <laughs> but it's just, uh, it's just like I think you miss that. You miss that experience. Like you don't, you don't get to grow as as much as you could. Like you don't learn all the things that you can just from one person mm-hmm. or from one relationship. Um, so I think that's one of the things that where where I seen them growing up and I seen things that they've done. Like I've tried to like stay away from some certain, of their rough patches. Yeah, some yeah. of those things I've tried to stay away from some of those things. Um also you know, but you pick up stuff from your parents anyway. Like I'm super laid back. My father is super laid back. Like I can't help myself. Skirt. Hmm? <laughs> what? What's the earth for? <laughs> Am I not super laid back? You are laid back, but but what? You also picked not? up some things from your mother too. Oh, I picked up some things from her too. Yeah, hey, I'm not saying that I didn't. I, I certainly did. I'm. I say to myself, my mother mm-hmm. is one of those people that, ain't that the say one. to herself. That's not the one. <laughs> That's not the word. Oh, don't even try it. <laughs> don't even try it. <laughs> I know where you're going. Don't even try it. You I be a little naggy. I ain't nowhere near that. You could be. You could be a little naggy sometimes. But no, so I, I I really didn't think about it because what I see is like what you know not I don't say I missed it, but I just feel like in the grand scheme of things, it would have been nice. However, knowing the type of man my father was, I don't think that would have ever been conducive to my mom being happy mm-hmm. if if I had to put it away mm-hmm. like yeah it would have been cool to have a two-parent household but not knowing how he was and how he ultimately um not just treated my mom but treated treated other people and the relationship that he had with me um because while we're here that just kind of takes mm-hmm. us into the to the next segment of like 
would it, you know, how does having an absentee parent kind of affect the way you deal with romantic relationships and who Chile? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it, I, once I got older and was able to admit it, it, it really did a number on me <gasps> because I, mm-hmm. I, I wondered like what, so you, you laid down with my mother, y'all had a baby and, and then you just walked, walked out and didn't care. Like how you don't care. And for me, again, I'm being completely transparent. I had a biological father that stayed no more than 15 to 20 minutes from me my whole life that I saw a handful of times growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, the most time I spent with my biological father was he was on his deathbed and he wanted to clear his conscience mm-hmm. for, for the lack of a parent that he was. So, you know, I just did not, um, I always felt like he didn't love me. And and when he once we did start to have communication, I felt like that love was more self-serving for him than me. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of my dating life chasing uh, in men a, a fatherly love, like that unconditional, I love you no matter what. But the truth of the matter is nobody owes you that but your parents. Nobody has to love you unconditionally, but your parents, and even that can wear thin once you. Because love is conditional as fuck. It is conditional, (laughs) and looking for fatherly love in men, it let me down so many times, Mm -hmm. and it made relationships hard for me because I was always expecting so much from men. Like I was expecting them to be what my father wasn't, be there, be accounted for to deal with my baggage and, you know, love me through it and, and buy me all of the things that a father should have did for their kid. Have you met men before? Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's crazy. But (laughs) that's what you, but that's the mindset that you look for when you go without having a parent to, to be there. And be like, you know, and this is like your first experience. Yeah, with you don't. Relationships yeah, because it's it's typically it. the conversations you'll have with London to be, uh, don't, baby girl, don't let nobody do this to you or do that to you or you don't have to put up with this or, you know, I'm always here no matter what happens. I never got those conversations. Right, right, right. And Same. so I start, I start looking for that in the people I was dating. Like you're gonna always be here for me no matter what you promise. And when they not there no matter what you like damn another liar you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. even if i was wrong damn another liar so for me um i don't i don't want that for i didn't want that for my kid because i'm really glad that you know london y'all coughing (laughs) my bad (laughs) getting real good with the gummy with the uh fruit snacks but i didn't want that for london I didn't I didn't want her to have to experience that because you can't make a fa- you can't make a man be a father he may be a biological father but you can't make him be exactly. present and accounted for mm-hmm. even if you throw him on child support that's just the financial aspect of it right but the, there's so much more to it's just a lot more to parenting and I imagine the same thing goes for you know boys. And girls who may have grown up without a mother, you mm. know, absentee mother 
who just was like, fuck it, go stay with your daddy. I got to live my best life without you. It's a lot that your parents teach you. It's a lot that they give you that sometimes you don't even realize they gave it to you until you get much older Mm -hmm. and you start to think back. Like, I know, you know, even when I fall on my ass, I always had my mother there, which she would always be there to help me pick up the pieces. Even if she was on my ass about it, she was there to help. You know what? We could, we we could fix this. We could get it back together. You don't have to cope. You don't have to deal with this by yourself. Mm-hmm. And you should be allowed to have that from both parents. And when you can't, what happens? Right? Yeah. Right. And I went through the pretty much the same thing. Like, people talk about daddy issues, you know, and, you know, joke about it. But no, it's really a real thing. Like I said, my I didn't have my biological father in my life. And I mean, although my stepdad was there, I mean, I still looked at him as, okay, you're not my dad. So our relationship was not, I, it, 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 yeah, it did. It took us a while to get that father daughter relationship. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I put, I put up with a lot of mess, um, you know, situationships and, you know, on again, off again, relationships, you know, I never went through any physical abuse, but I definitely went through a lot of verbal and mental abuse. Um, And just, you know, all for the sake of having somebody by my side. And then, you know, when I look back, I didn't see my mom single a lot, like between her two marriages, she had a few boyfriends. And I mean, there was only, you know, one that I really, you know, cared for because mm-hmm. I felt like you know he was you know the real deal and everybody else was like okay whatever like y'all kind of just you know just playing with each other but mm-hmm. I never saw my mom single for an extended period of time so that kind of put in me well dang do I need a man around to keep me happy you know and like you said doing all those things you know feeling like I need to go above and beyond to make myself feel worthy of the love because I feel like, okay, my biological father, you know, shoot, he helped make me and clearly, you know, I'm not worthy of his love. So what do I need to do to get these men to love me? Girl, I'm pulling up, cleaning whole houses, going grocery shopping, just doing everything. And and then some, all for the sake of, you know, hey, I'm here. I'm in this. I'm rocking with you. Love me. All of me. Why won't you, you know? Yeah. And then when it doesn't, when it doesn't work out, you're like, well, fuck, what did I do? Like, and then yeah. you, you get into that cycle here comes the next man. Okay, well, I'm going to do all I did and then some. This one going to stay for real. He really going to love me. Then it don't work. Then, and that cycle, and it, and it eats you up. And I had to get to a point where I'm like, wait, hold up. This ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> because you, this you is not working. It, it's, you be like, it's not working. Then when you meet somebody that is actually showing up the way you showing up you start to doubt yourself like how long for this nigga leave or how long before it fall apart you know when the other shoe gonna drop because it always drop you know Mm -hmm. i'm good to him they start out good but then it just falls apart and so then you start you start loving from behind a brick wall Mm -hmm. like the other the person on the other side of brick wall but you just are always guarded and have your guard up like you know well 
it's like how long fall I got apart. Like, yeah, yeah, how long is gonna take for it to fall? Three months, a year. Yeah, how, how long for this for this to gonna fall apart? And then you and then you end up ruining a good relationship because somebody that's healthy is not going to um, continually fight for you when you being unhealthy, mm-hmm. and that's just the truth of the nature. Like two dysfunctional people gonna be dysfunctional together. They gonna t- they gonna push and pull, tug and tug. But your your unhealthy ass gonna meet somebody that's in a good headspace, and they gonna be like, I'm, I'm not putting up with this. Shit. I'm not putting up with this. I'm out. <laughs> And then, and then in your mind, you like, see, I knew it was going to end. I knew it. And it's like, but you time like you sabotaging. Yeah. Like, it's just a nasty cycle. And I, I can't speak to how it happens with men, but I'm sure it's pretty similar because as much as men like to act like they are so emotionally different from women, a lot of men do the same things that women do after constant bad relationships, you know, self-sabotaging, well, she good, but it don't matter. And then they, sometimes they get worse. Cause they like get to cheating on you, talking <laughs> yeah. to you crazy. I mean, you know, know, the joke goes that, you know, a man gets his heart broken at 16 and then it's like, fuck women for the rest of his life. But I mean, it happens. It really happens. Yeah. I don't, I can't really speak to like what it would be like for like men who haven't had like both parents in their lives, but I know like, just even self-reflecting while I hear y'all self-reflecting, it's like I can kind of see things that led to certain relationships not working or just my mind state at the time when I was so young, just seeing my parents be together for so long. Right. So it's like, okay, so I want to have a relationship. If I'm going to have a relationship, then I have to be with this person. Like, I can't, I I don't want to half-ass it. I have to go all the way in. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of shaped me to kind of put myself out there probably a lot earlier than I really should have been. Uh, and didn't, you know, you get influenced by like friends and other things to, to do other stuff. Um, but I think just when I was ready for a relationship, I was like, okay, I have to go in. Like my parents have been together for 13 years. I mean, or since my mother was 13. Um, so, I mean, now what my, my father is... 50, Born in 62. He's 56, right? Yeah. And your mom is 54. So, yeah, he'll be 57 this year. And she'll and be, 55 be 55 this year. Um, so, I mean, that's like a super long time. And it's like you you see it, you hear it, you like, okay, I have to, if I find someone, then I have to be with that person almost. So, you probably, or I feel like maybe I have uh, given more into relationships than I probably should have should have been at a younger age. Yeah. Uh, just searching for that type of relationship. Uh, even though I wasn't ready for that type of relationship, certainly not uh, by any means, but because that's the only relationship that I seen that was to some extent working, it, it was like, okay, this is what it should be. Yeah. I imagine that's a lot of pressure to take on. Like 
when you have parents that have been married that long. Mm. And so I like I hadn't brought anyone home for like what? Like I was never that type like Yeah, I mean when I, I when two... I found out I was pregnant, Mike's parents was like <clears throat> So what is y'all doing? <laughs> they was yeah, like, like I, you're not you're not meeting my parents until like I'm I'm not, I'm not bringing you home. So I'm like sure sure about this. I can count on one hand the number of yeah, guys I've dated that had had met three. you. It's, it's not yeah. When, when I'm gonna meet your mama, it's 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 not happening, honey. <laughs> yeah, I met I met Mike's parents. I met Mike's parents, his grandmother, and his aunt. And his cousin on like New Year's Eve mm-hmm. of 2015, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 2015, and everybody said the same thing. They was like, "Y'all must be together together if he bringing you home." <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got pregnant, his parents was like, "You know, you know, y'all living together, y'all planning on getting married." But they was like, "Y'all need to get married, like." and call mm-hmm. it a day and stop playing games. And so I th- like I yeah, I imagine that's a lot of pressure to because your parents want for you the same things that they had for themselves mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they've been married that long. But at the same time it makes you like it you I mean, I don't know f- from your ex- your perspective Mike, did you find yourself like like really like grinding the axe when you were dating like I don't know if she's marriage material for me, or was it just kind of like, yeah, if I'm, if when I, I think when I started like really, really thinking about it, um, there were relationships that I was just like, I'm not really mm, interested in marrying her, but I'm having fun right now. You know what I mean? Or like, I enjoy being with her, but I don't know what the future holds. Uh, there was those situations where it's like I don't think I could really uh, be with her in the long run, and we may have like ended it at that point or something like that. But it, it, it was definitely like, hey, if I'm going to be with this person, can I be with them? Like, are they um, are they? Am I able to you know bring her home to meet my family and? Um, I know that she won't like, you know, get like wild or get, you know, r- ridiculous or embarrass me or some shit like that. Um, but I think I, it took me a while to get to that point because uh, I don't know. I, I think it's different with guys because we're not like we're the first thing we're looking for is not marriage. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's not like always in the back of our mind i'm not gonna sit here and lie that's not like what i was thinking while i was dating mm-hmm. when i was in my like early and mid-20s that wasn't like you was hoeing mind your business <laughs> <My bad. laughs> I out there. first of all guys can't be hoes anyway um, lies you tell uh, you gotta come up with another hoes. name for it nah it's hoeing Nah, you gotta come up with another name for it. Hoe crosses all the genders. Nah, it don't. You could be, really no, be a male hoe. You could be a man hoe, a woman hoe, a trans hoe, a gay hoe. How you hoeing and you spending a bisexual money? Maybe a trick. But you spending money. You, you ain't no hoe. All the, a lot of men is broke, so they hoe into <laughs> Let's, <laughs> let's start it now. Let's I wasn't getting no money. <laughs> so I wasn't hoeing. <laughs> you 
Mr. John. I wasn't, I wasn't gaining nothing. <laughs> I was definitely tricking. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but no, um, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> you know, My bad. <laughs> but no, just saying, like, do you, did you, were you more uh, nitpicky with women you dated because I was, I was, okay. yeah, I was, I definitely was, especially when I reached like maybe 28, 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so a few years that. ago, six years, <laughs> it's like six years. I think they didn't care until three years ago. That's wild. <laughs> That's six years. No, I'm just talking about it. It's like six years. I'm not gonna lie to you, like 27, 28. So, in, in all of that. How do you like how do you unpack that baggage so that you can start to have healthy relationships? Because that's like you you get all the pain, you get all the hurt, mm-hmm. you, you carry it with you. Um, but where's the like at what point do you say, let me what I've been doing up to this point is not working? Mm-hmm. I gotta figure this out. So how do how do how did y'all unpack it? Because for me, I took my ass to somebody's therapist. Right, and I unpacked it all from, you know, I should, I se- probably should have sexual therapy. abuse to not having a father to, like, I went and I unpacked it all. I was like, listen, I can't, I can't move like this. I'm tired. I'm depressed. I got all these things working in my favor, but I'm still not happy. So why? What, like, what am I doing? How can I get beyond this point? So how did y'all unpack? Like, how did you realize? Okay. I'm hurting myself more than anything at this point. Well, for me, so um, in 2014 is when I moved to Dallas. And around that time, so between like 2013, 2014, I had stopped dating or seeing someone who I had been in like a three-year on-again, off-again situationship with. So the last time that we parted ways, I got into a relationship with someone else. When that relationship fizzled um, fizzled out, then the old situation popped back up. And it was like, for me, I was like, okay, I'm over this. Like, we not going to be together. Just leave it alone. Mind you, the relationship that fizzled out, dude was like stalking me like, horribly like just doing the absolute most to a point where I was scared to go anywhere um so I was like okay you gotta you gotta do something so God be looking out because my mom got a job in Texas mm-hmm. and her and my stepdad came out here in May of 2014 when they went back to St. Louis to pack up their house that August, I was like, you know what? I'm going to Texas. I got to get the fuck out of St. Louis because I needed to get away from both of those situations. So I get to Texas and the situationship was like, you know, I'm finally in a place. You know, my head is clear, blah, blah, blah. I want to see you. I want to make this work. I'm like, you wait until I move to to tell me to you know do this mind you I didn't believe any of it because I'm like okay we've been doing this on again off again for three years you ain't gonna do nothing like you you just you mad because I'm gone you can't get me when you want me that's all so 
I prayed. I really prayed on that situation. I was like, Lord, you just got you got to take this man away because I would not leave him alone. And I prayed on it. And I prayed on it. I prayed on it. And they say when you pray for something, you got to be ready. I got I was talking to a mutual friend who didn't even know me and the guy had any relations who told me probably a few months after I moved that he proposed to an ex-girlfriend. I bawled my eyes out after that phone call and I never shed another tear after that. Sometimes so, you just wake up and you be like, you, you know, know <laughs> I'm over this bullshit. Exactly. So when that was over, I said, I sat myself down. I was like, Randy, if you really want the things that you say you want in a man and in a relationship, you got to work on yourself. You have to. So when after that was done, I took about a year and a half and I said, I'm not dating anybody. I'm not talking to nobody. I need to figure out who I am. I need to heal from all the toxicity that I just, you know, left behind. I need I need to do some some work on myself. And I did. I took that time. I should have went to therapy then, but I didn't. But I did everything else that I knew, you know, how to do to, you know, focus on me. And then I got to a point when I was like, you know, I'm in a good spot now. I feel like I'm ready today. I know what I want. I know what I will and will not tolerate. And I'm not afraid to say, you know what? This is not going to work. I'm going to walk away from it. And that's where I am now. Like, I'm single. I'm dating. You know, some things, you know, have been have gone well. And I thought, you know, they were for me. Obviously, they weren't for me. And then I move on. But that's where I am now. I'm not doing the drama. I'm not doing the toxicity. I'm not doing any type of abuse. I'm not doing it. So either you're going to be here, you're going to respect me, you're going you're gonna to give me everything that I need, and you're going to let me give you everything you need, and we can make this work, or we can go our separate ways. Period. That's it. Can't do nothing but respect that. Like you, but like the thing, I think the key point is like self accountability. Mm-hmm. Like you, okay. And then self care. So, That's it. Ooh, come on. Yes. Come on, Yala. <laughs> That's what that time hey. was full of hey. self care. Hey. Yes. Hey. <laughs> hey. He right. hates Yala. Beloved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But no, listen, yeah, being accountable because you, it's the thing, it's like, yes, somebody has hurt you and they treated you poorly and not like you deserve to be treated. But we're like, at what point do you say, okay, but I keep allowing these type of situations. I keep trying to stay in them. I keep trying to change the person I'm with and make them grow up for me. Why am I doing that? Like, Mm -hmm. what what am I, why am I doing that? Because Mm -hmm. I should not have to do that in a relationship. And so, yeah, the self accountability, the self care, and then getting back to enjoying life. Right. Yeah. 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 That's it. And I I think for me, I don't know if I had, I don't know if I really had like an unpacking moment. I think it was more so of just maturing over the years yeah, and kind of just seeing, Hey, I'm, hmm, I'm, I was just one of those 
I guess I was just one of those guys, as I said, when I reached about 27, 28, it was just like, okay, if I'm going to do something or if I'm going to meet someone, then it's just going to happen when it happens. I'm not going to, I'm not chasing nothing. I'm not after anything. I'm, I'm just going to be me. And then when it happens, it happens kind of sort of thing. And I got to say, like uh, 2015, uh, oh no, when did I move back to South Carolina? 2013 to, yeah, 2013 to about 2015 was really, uh, just in those two years, I did a lot of growing up and I did a lot of like being by myself and just kind of figuring out the type of person that I wanted to be and continue to being for the like rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And and I think we had this conversation, you know, because when we, so Mike and I have been friends for like a really long time prior to mm-hmm. us dating. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just see like one day we popped up as a couple. <laughs> but we had literally been friends since like, I want to say 2013, mm-hmm. if yep, I'm not mistaken. Because we became, yeah. we we started to get really close, like <sighs> around like Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Because I remember I, at the time I was living in Akron, Ohio, but I was visiting Cleveland with family for the weekend. And... <clears throat> we I DM'd him to see how he was doing because he had gone through a breakup and through that we just became friends and so fast forward some years um we would like talk and we just kind of he was we got to the point and he was just like I, I deserve like somebody that is is as invested in me as I am in them Right. Absolutely. And at yes. first I was like, he might be a little crazy. He might be one of them love hard ass niggas. <laughs> <laughs> well, because no, because really knowing somebody us. as a friend and knowing somebody as a lover could be completely different. It's completely. But, but I was like, damn, is he one of those I'm just passionate ass niggas? That's wild. But no, we had to talk and he was like, you know, I've been in relationships with like, you know, with great women. He like, I'm not taking nothing from them. Um, and that's one thing I love about Mike is he's not, he don't, I've, I've never seen him or heard him bash women that he's been with. Like he always has the utmost respect for them after the relationship has ended, which yeah, is one of the you're things. you're going to bash them, I mean, what does that say about you? You, you dated them. Absolutely. And so he was just like, you know, I've dated some great women. It just didn't work out. But in the end, I need a woman to be as invested in me as I am in them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember you saying that again. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> didn't say that. I, I'll put a little sauce on it right now. But <laughs> but that was like a conversation we had. And then like um, moving forward, he was like scared. He was like, I really like you. I don't want to ruin our friendship. What if it don't work out? then I'm going to lose my really, really good friend. And I was like, that's just a chance you're going to have to be willing to take. Right. Or <clears throat> because we, I said, you know, we could stay friends. I don't have no problem with that. I was like, but I'm going to move on and continue to date if you make it known that I'm not, you don't want to date me. And he was like, I don't want you to do that. And so he was like, you know, we together then. And then that's where we got stepped out from. But 
like once he decided he wanted more from a woman, he he wasn't settling. And and that's kind of what he told me. He was like, I'm not gonna put up with whatever I put up it with in my past relationships. Like if eh, this either is gonna work or I'm I'm out. Yeah. And, so, and I think um now, like for me, even if it doesn't work out. If we're transparent with each other, if we're open with each other, like the person I'm dating now, just for instance, we're very open with each other. Like it's still, look, we ain't exclusive. I'm still single. So, (laughs) but in the event that things don't go further, you know, things don't work out. I still have respect for you because of how we communicate and the things that we discuss. I look in the past and I'm like, I never made it clear what I wanted or how I wanted to be treated. You know, that those weren't important things to me. But now as a grown woman, you know, knowing what I want out of a relationship, know that I want to be, you know, married one day. I'm I'm in t- I'm dating with intention. So mm. if we can't Ooh. be adults and we can't, I need to I need to know what you know, what triggers you? What is, you know, what, what are deal breakers for you? Talk to me about those type of things. I don't give a damn what, what the weather is like. Like, talk to me about shit that matters. Absolutely. Okay. I see dating with intention. I like that. Yeah, that is a good one. And I think, I think that you get to a certain point like that when you start to mature. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're younger, you don't really know. You're just having fun. Yeah, you, you just don't know what you want. It. You don't know what you want or what you need from a relationship. Listen, you're at, trying to get that, that, that two for 20 and your back blown out at that age. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Listen, you ain't lie. You ain't lie, friend. <laughs> like, but yeah, like with being, like Mike said, you know, that comes with maturity. But yeah, I, I know what it is that I want. I know what I won't tolerate. I know what, you know, you know, I might be, you know, we, we can work on this. But if I'm not, if I'm not voicing that, then how can I expect the other person to, you know, show up in the in the in those places, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Listen, I <clears throat> did start dating with intention. Uh like I did some dating prior to me and Mike dating. And then I was just like, you know, as soon as they were showing me signs of playing games, I was like, hey, nice enough person, not for me, right? And to this, not to this day, but when I finally, when Mike and I became exclusive and decided we was going to do a monogamous relationship, I mean, I wish I, I wish I could have seen the text messages and, and bullshit that I was getting like, oh, so you stopped fucking with me because you wouldn't got a boyfriend. Yes. Yes, stop fucking with you because you were playing games, and and my now boyfriend is not exactly like we put it all on the table, and he was like, "I'm with it too." You wasn't with it, then I'm then I'm gonna move on. That's it. If that's what you want to do, then that's cool. But if we're not, it it is very imperative that we are on the same page because if I want something that you don't want, then we're wasting time. And at this age, I'm not trying to waste my time. Bye. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the the takeaway from this for me to this episode is one, I want us to be, I want our listeners to know that you can be honest about your baggage. You don't have to try to hide it. You could be like, I got some shit with me 
and I'm trying to f- figure it out. Maybe wait for the right time to say that. Though. No, not I'm not not necessarily <laughs> to a person, but no, even then, but just in general, yeah. be honest with yourself about where you are emotionally and mm-hmm. mentally, because there's nothing you could do to change if you hiding from yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And your baggage is part of you. A lot and of people have is it is not going anywhere. You can unpack it. You're gonna always remember those experiences, and you're gonna always have those memories, be them good or bad. But hiding mm-hmm. from yourself to keep from admitting, I got some, got some shit with me, and I need to figure it out. But you can't even begin to figure it out if you want to admit to it. Right. You'll keep moving along like nothing is is going on. So, for our listeners, if you have some baggage, it's okay. You are one of many. You are definitely one of many. It's okay if you've had traumatic life experiences. It's okay if you felt unloved or you didn't know how to pick up the pieces. A lot of people go through that, but you have to own it. And then you can start to do the work. You can start to heal, mm-hmm. right? You take some accountability. Then you can start the self-healing. You can start the self-care process. And then you could get to a really good place where you know what you want. Not just from a person romantically, but people in your life, period. Mm -hmm. When you have some mental clarity, you start to figure a lot out beyond Mm -hmm. just love. You start to figure a lot out in your career path, your friends, your family, your your health, your lifestyle, what things that you want to do but haven't done. All of that comes to you when you kind of unpack a lot of that baggage and get it up off your shoulders. Absolutely. and you can start to date with intention. Mm. A word. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was like a sermon. You get all the points and shit. I'm, you, I'm getting good at this pastor. podcast and shit. <laughs> but no. So before we go, uh, Randy, tell us, tell us um, where people can find you, how they can support your new blog mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, what you I'm, have coming up i'm all over beyonce's internet um the blog is simone that's s-i-m-o-n-e the letter b the letter n free.com um you can also find the same on instagram um, personal accounts. You can find me on Twitter at peace, love, the letter N Afros. I don't talk to anybody on there. It's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> um, I don't, I don't be caught up in the mess, you know, so I'm not, I'm not the most entertaining person. Follow at your own will. Um, and you can find me also my personal on Instagram, peace, love, and afros i definitely screen people because the internet people are weirdos so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i can't promise you you know you'll get access but you know shoot shoot your shot um yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm getting back into traveling the year kind of started off a little slow because oh jesus life is busy um so i definitely got some travel coming up to highlight on the blog so i'll be in dc in a couple of weeks and headed to napa valley um not long after that so i'm looking forward to highlighting both of those on the blog um definitely hoping to check out some conferences this year so yeah we're 
trying to stay on top of everything. Like I said, life is real busy right now. I'm grateful for that because this time last year, it um it was it was completely different. Um, but also trying not to get overwhelmed and take find time to rest. Yeah, we so one of the conferences we're looking into going to because um if if you listen to our last episode where we have a sex therapist on. There's mm-hmm. a conference coming up in September called the Sex Down <laughs> South Conference, and it's all about um, sexual agency for people of color mm. and, you know, getting to a place of thinking about sex in a healthy manner. Okay. Um, when and where is it? Uh, so it's in Atlanta, Georgia, and I believe it's September 5th through the 7th, but mm-hmm. I'll I'll send you more details. Okay. But it's something I'm really interested in, um, like moving forward as a Black woman and as somebody in a long-term relationship slash mm-hmm. marriage, you know, just getting a handle on good sexual agency going forward in, in our marriage and, you know... I just think it's good to have that open mind and, you know, to take that with you. A lot of married people do not have fruitful sex lives because of how they've been taught all their lives about sex. That Mm -hmm. sex should look one certain way and they don't know how to teach their own children about sexual agency because they know very little about it. So that's, that's one of the conferences that I'm really very interested in. Um, but yeah, make sure that you go and read the blog. It's absolutely, it's adorable. I, I read it. I keep up with it. Um, Thank you. And, you know, Randy is a huge supporter of Flawless Noises and Ratchet Ramblings, not yes, so newlyweds. Um, so that means uh, an absolute great deal to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will put the, I will put, your blog website and to our listeners, her blog website will be in the show notes along with where you can find her on social media. Um, and so be, be sure to go support black women that are entering into realms that for a long time we've been kept out of, which includes lifestyle blogging. Um, a lot of black women are really, you know, and let me say this, not rich black women. I don't know. A lot of rich black women like to lifestyle blog, but as an everyday working woman, I want to read a lifestyle blog from another everyday working black woman, because I'm going to be honest with you, honey. I can't, I can't afford $15,000 trips to Bora Bora. Listen. Okay. But (laughs) you, another everyday black woman that is traveling and is exploring the U.S. and and things like that and food places, I want to read about that. It's it's, it's possible for us to go to D.C. and explore D.C. in a way that we might not have without your blog. Or you will highlight some good restaurants. Check this out. Check that out. And I know it'll be within an everyday person's realm of finances. Yeah, because I ain't balling out here. (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's one of the huge things that i love about your blog and what you've started is you making travel and lifestyle you bringing it to a perspective for everyday people because like i said i can't afford the lifestyles that a lot of these black women are on instagram promoting honey i a lot of them can't can't afford it either but you know this this year (laughs) (laughs) you know they they no shade but hey yeah no shade they going to uh dubai and and buying fifteen thousand dollars silk blouses 
I didn't got it like that. I just want to see how I want to see what's going on new in parts of Texas because it's a big ass state that very few people have explored mm -hmm. outside of maybe some people love Houston or people love Dallas or San Antonio or whatever. But so that's why I, I really love your blog and I can't wait to read more. So thank you. I'm going to go in the content as soon as I finish with you all. So look forward to some updates later today. Oh, cool. So that has been our episode. We really hope you enjoy it. We welcome feedback, suggestions for episodes. If you're looking to be a guest, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. You can email us at notsonewlywedpc at gmail.com. You can find us, you can find me on Twitter at notsonewlywedpc. And you can find us on Instagram at the same, we're the same across all social media platforms. And like Randy said, I mean, if you interact with me on Twitter, you are interacting with me personally since that's my main account. And I don't know if Mike wants to be bothered on his personal account. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just said these internet people are weirdos. Yeah, like, I don't. Um, I, I in terms really of my personal it. Instagram, I don't give that out because we post London, so it's pretty private. But um, on our show page, you can hear clips from episodes and things like that. So we are out of here, and we will talk to you guys in two weeks.